Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, are you ready to add a sprinkle of joy to your day? Then you need to check out Add to Cart. Hi, I'm Sujan Pak. And I'm Kulap Vilaisak. We're your hosts, and on this show, we talk about the things we buy, the things we buy into, and what it says about who we are. That's right. Each week, we're going to have some honest and maybe, you know, little TMI conversations about all the fabulous, weird, wonderful things we're adding to or ditching from our carts. You know, we talk about beauty products, latest health trends, philosophies we're passionate about. Nothing is off limits on this podcast. We're diving deep into everything we and our guests buy into and exploring what it reveals about who we truly are. We're going to decide what's worth the investment, be it money or emotions. Add to Cart from Lemonada Media has new episodes out on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, a podcast about apologies. And this week I realized I have no idea how to change a flat tire, and I want to change that because I feel really insecure about that. I'm Oha Lopez, and Yeba's tiny desk came out, and I am obsessed with it. So everybody has to go run and listen. And this is Mohanad El Sheikhi, famously lives in Brooklyn and never ran a marathon. And I'm saying that because a friend asked me this week if I wanted to train for one uh, because he wants to do it. And uh, let me say we're not friends anymore. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be either. Anyone who wants me to have my toenails fall out from running, absolutely not a friend. How dare you? It's just like, why would anyone do it? You know, like, why would I want to run with a group of people for, I don't know, 15 hours? I think that's how long marathons are. 15 hours? No <laughs> idea. <laughs> I guess the way we run, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I guess we can, since we're talking about marathons, we can jump in into uh, the thing that we were going to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, it actually kind of, you know, great segue, because like, I wanted to talk about something that actually had been bugging me for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. And like, I recently was triggered by it. And like, when I get triggered by something, I just like, it's like a mosquito bite, right? Like, I just kind of go after it until I yeah. like, can get at it and what I want. Um and that itch I need to scratch today is Jillian Michaels, uh, personal trainer, self-described health expert. And I think everyone remembers her essentially from The Biggest Loser, right? Like mm -hmm. she was the the overzealous team leader who was like so hell-bent on her team losing the most weight that she actually once broke the rules giving them caffeine pills. Well, she's gay, so she's perfect in my eyes. Let's start off with that. No flaws. <laughs> 
that's all I need to make a friend. Are you homosexual? Uh-huh, let's go. <laughs> At least that's what I was when I came out. Initially, I, I went to like some kind of Dungeons and Dragons gays meeting and I was like, okay, this is it. These are all the gays. Wait, that um, exists? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, there's gay everything. There's gay paragliding, um, gay iPhone repair. There's gay everything. Love it. But yeah, because Jillian Michaels is gay, I'm cool with her. Whatever you guys say, I don't even, it doesn't even phase me. I guess this is our episode then. Uh, we- yeah, it's just, we're just gonna, we're gonna trash biased, her baby. and you're going to, uh, you're gonna stick up for her. Perfect. Um, well, you know, she recently, and I say recently, like within the last year, she was called out for fat shaming Lizzo. And to this day, like she's never really apologized for it mm-hmm. and actually continues to really just double down on her initial comments. Um, What I hope is that she hears this one day. Because I actually don't think that she's going to apologize. I don't think she's going to change her mind about what she said. But my hope is that maybe somehow she will listen to this show and hear my point of view, hear your point of view. And just knowing that, I think I'll have some peace in the situation (laughs) and I can finally let it go. Um, there's a folder in my phone called Jillian Michaels Lizzo because I've just been collecting thoughts for a while. You're ready. This is, this episode is just <laughs> is is was there for, waiting for you this whole time. Yeah, I definitely like. Um, it, it's so strange because I don't have really any affiliation with like Jillian Michaels in the sense I've like seen her out and about, you know. But mm-hmm. I. Like, my interpretation of her was like, oh, she's one more of the voices that have, like, a range of thoughts and ideas on what fat shaming is and what fat shaming is not. So I'm really interested to to hear what you think. And I, and I definitely want to talk more about it. Because for me, mm-hmm. like, my interpretation of it is, like, half-baked ideas that everybody's just sort of repeating out there. And I wonder if her affiliation like biggest loser and just like her whole persona is what actually bothers me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And sort of like, it, you know, I feel like, you know, as we get into it, the more I sort of read about it and learn about her, I don't necessarily know if she thinks fat shaming exists. And I think that's sort of my bigger issue, you know, like going back to, you know, what you said, Oha, and it's sort of become like your signature line. We're living in this Mesozoic era of treating people kindly, right? We're all yeah. learning these different isms, these different obias. And like, it seems like fat shaming is really sort of the like last acceptable form of discrimination. I don't think that people look at it as a bias in the way they look at all of these other isms. And I yeah. think that's sort of my overarching issue with this whole story. Absolutely. So what was it that she said about Lizzo? Well, you know, so this all started in about January of 2020. Mm-hmm. So she was doing a bunch of interviews it seems that she was coming out. She was launching a new fitness app. I think it's called like my Jillian Michaels fitness app. So she was on like a press tour. She yeah. um, was doing like, I think, women's health interviews. She went on like Wendy Williams. And she was really sort of repeating a lot of the same things in each of these interviews. It really sort of focused on how body positivity had become such a 
almost like a political correctness thing that we had swung Mm -hmm. this pendulum so far to the left or whichever way swung it some way (laughs) that now we were no longer we were just looking at celebrating fat bodies and that we weren't looking at the ramifications of obesity anymore because it was too politically incorrect to say like, hey, being fat leads to all these issues. And so that's really sort of like the talking point she kept reiterating in a lot of these interviews. Yeah. And I because I remember like even the interviewer like didn't really like specifically ask her anything. She all she said was something like, you know, like uh, someone like Lizzo, who is presenting her way in a way that we haven't seen before and made it okay to love yourself and love your body and all of that. And we should celebrate that. And then she jumped in and she was like, no, 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 no. I think she's a great singer. We should celebrate her talent. Why are we celebrating her weight and her body? And I was like, no one asked you to do anything, Jillian. You just you, you just seem to have an issue with people like who are just like fat in general. And now you just took it on Lizzo. Yeah, it seems like there's a there's kind of like a a pattern of like snatching people out of nowhere in interviews to specifically make your point. And so that's for me is her fatal mistake. Number one is you don't call out a specific person about this. If you have an issue with a grander problem, like choosing Lizzo is a low blow in the sense that you're like, oh, you've brought somebody's actual name and their actual feelings into a larger conversation that you want to have. So to me, that's the first mistake. Yeah, which people love doing, by the way. Like literally Lizzo is just like very chill and she's like, in the background, just doing her work, just being Minding herself. Her business. And every now and then someone comes out of nowhere and is like, yeah, Lizzo should lose weight. I'm like, who are you? Like, what did she do? Like, she didn't She didn't even start shit. She was just there at her home, just chilling, just having fun. And someone was just like, no, this is what I want to bring to the table today. Yeah. It happened a lot when... People who were fat were basically given priority for the COVID vaccine. I felt like I was hearing so many things at that point because it felt like people were like, well, they did it to themselves. So why would we even like put them up there or prioritize them? You know what I mean? So, so I, okay. I want to say a thank you on I'm sorry, which is basically now to the medical community for like for the first time during COVID taking care of like the well being of fat people without a three hour lecture on how I could lose weight if I like substituted every meal that I have for like a four ounce mocha chobani. You know what I mean? Like I am like, thank you medical community. I didn't think it was coming. You surprised me. And I do realize it's like for Jillian and also I think the medical community, it's not entirely like their fault. Like for me, it's like after a lifetime of kind of being treated kind of worse for my weight, it was nice to get a perk during COVID, you know? And sometimes when I hear somebody like Jillian talk, I'm like, you're in the past. You're not in the next stage of the conversation that we're having about weight. And it may be that we're not totally right either. Like it may be that we need to further and have more information, but you are stuck in Biggest Loser era on talking about weight. And so we're trying to bring this woman along. I think that's what this is. A lot of it also feels like projection. Like, because she talked about herself being fat as a child and like losing weight and all of that. It just seems like this this whole anger you have is just still with unresolved issues that you have about like how you feel about your own body and self, but you're projecting it on other people. 
I don't know, yeah. like go to therapy or something or talk to someone, like uh, leave people alone, I guess. Yeah, even though, you know, and we'll talk about the later sort of like doubling down she did, you know, she really mm-hmm. tried to walk back the Lizzo part of it and say, you know, I shouldn't have pulled Lizzo's name into it and should have just been mm-hmm. talking about people. But regardless, she did. And I think, you know, Lizzo was top of mind, well, A, because it was brought up in the interview, but B, because Lizzo breaks Jillian's rules. You know, like I was looking at their followings. You know, Jillian Michael right now has 1.4 million followers on IG, 9,000 on TikTok. Lizzo has 11.5 million followers on IG and 18.5 million on TikTok. And I think, you know, Lizzo really goes against the core of what Jillian has built her career, her platform on, but yet is wildly more popular than Jillian. And I don't think it computes. Like, why? I did all the right things. And this person who I think should be this certain way is bigger than me. I think that sort of like weighs into it too. Absolutely. Did you did you guys watch The Biggest Loser? I mean, I watched maybe the first season. Um, yeah. but like I knew about it. I knew about it so well that I actually went to the biggest loser resort. Because, you know, as all franchises do, like, you know, all brands do, they turned themselves into these wellness resorts. Okay. Um, and I checked myself in for a month. I did. So it was like grown up fat camp? It was grown up fat camp. Yes, it was. Oh my God. Okay. What was it like? It was Tell me everything. Nothing like the show. Mm-hmm. But like the show so you know i wasn't getting yelled at in my face you know (laughs) screamed at any of those sorts of like um what felt like abusive on the show like when i watched it it wasn't like that at all everyone was so kind and so nice i met a lot of cool people but how it is like the show is that like it's like going on vacation because nothing is real you have a chef who is cooking you Every single meal, you are waking up at 5 a.m. and you're pretty much working out all day long, mixed in with like, I don't know, a couple nutrition classes in between, you know, and then you have your obviously your food breaks. But like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, you're pretty much working out. And, you know, I was trying to work remotely. I, you know, I had a corporate job at that time and Mm -hmm. they let me go. And I didn't get any work done because you just are spending, this is work. You are spending time working out. And did I learn a lot of things? Absolutely. Did I feel better afterwards? Absolutely. Did I even take some of it with me when I got home? Absolutely. But you know what also was at home when I got home? The problems that existed that I hadn't, because you know what wasn't happening was like probably therapy that I needed. You know, yeah, we did some, fireside chats <laughs> you know there was there were definitely tears shed in front of people i didn't know which is not my steez but it happened yeah. um and you talk about these things around people who have shared interests but at the end of the day like it, it requires a longer term thing for as as long as it took me to put on this weight the years and years it took me to put on this weight for whatever reason that's probably how long i need to unpack like the reasons for you know why that happened Hi. 
Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few, and of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrush are out now, wherever you get your podcasts. I just to announce right now was on season two of The Voice. And the only reason that I'm bringing this up is because when I got eliminated from The Voice, I went into a room with a therapist who basically was like, I guess, making sure that everything was okay, that I wasn't like super Mm. upset. It was almost like a like a counselor, right, that they provide you. And in that counseling session where he's helping me try to get over the grief of being eliminated for the voice, he said, you know, I work for Biggest Loser. You should consider doing the Biggest Loser. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) I didn't ask for that, but huh? No, I didn't ask for that. But same thing, like basically like, I was like, hey, you should audition or go in for it. Just impromptu just told me that while I was in this interview with him. So um, he's like a works as a therapist on The Biggest Loser, basically. Um, Amazing. So he is really wow. getting around. I, I, I'd say that person is definitely the biggest loser for just <laughs> bringing that up to you. It's just so stupid. I know. And a full-blown therapist, too. I just think it's like, that's how you know that like... <laughs> We all accept something as true. Like yeah. we as a society accept reality in some ways. And I think up until this point, we have accepted the ideas that we've had about dieting and being fat. And Jillian is definitely like a person who, because she's built her life around that, she's gotten to the point where it is very difficult for her to move on from that idea. And I think that's kind of right where we're catching her. She's digging like her heels in. And um, but you think like someone who worked like in the Biggest Loser franchise for like so many years, you you'd learn something because like you read about the show and like what happens after the show or like what happens behind the scenes with the people and everything, and it's it's devastating. Like you're not making anyone's life better. You're like literally ruining people's lives because most of everyone who gets on the Biggest Loser like eventually gains that weight back i think that she felt superior in this situation because you know she's talked about how when she was a kid she was overweight you know five foot tall 175 pounds and she she looks at it as that she has this 360 view as somebody who has been on both sides of it and understands it um i've also been on both sides of it i too have been a thinner person and i've been larger than i am now i've been through the whole thing and let me tell you, the the trauma, 
that led me to being, you know, some of the reason that I gained some of the weight, it existed when I was thin too, you know, like Mm -hmm. that was really sort of at the core of it. It didn't, you know, like being thinner didn't make me healthier per se, because I would say that my mental health maybe wasn't there. And that's not 360 health. Yeah. You know what it seems like? It seems like she, based on what you're saying, A, thinks fatness is a personal choice, that it's something that you can change, that it's a personal choice. And then it's I'm like, okay, I get it. You read Fountainhead when you were 13. And then you're like convinced that humans make rational choices, like free of any systemic forces of anything that happens to them. And I'm like, that's great for you. But that's actually not how life works. Like there are so many things at play. I would even like venture to say that like the way that America is built and the way that the Mm -hmm. system is built is actually there to make you fat. Your body is there to keep you fat. Like there's all these forces at play. And then I think that another myth or kind of like what she's saying in some way is that like you could diet. Fat people could diet and change if they wanted to, but they're lazy. You know what I mean? So there's a part of it that is like a moral failing on the part of Lizzo. Mm. And I think Jillian is trying to say that, trying to say like, hey, like we shouldn't glorify what I consider to be a moral failing. We should glorify people being healthy and people making good choices for themselves. But again, it's like study after study shows that so many dieters like gain back most of the weight. And to me, it's like, why don't when faced with that information, when faced with a, you know, almost like, I don't know how many billions of dollars the diet industry actually makes, but like, when faced with the fact that it doesn't work, how do you then continue to look at somebody like Lizzo and say, this person is not somebody that we should like admire for their body? It's absolutely. Yeah. What are you saying? Also, it's crazy because like, on the other side of it, you're saying that people who are thin chose to be thin and they are all healthy, which is not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many like thin people you know who are just literally never work out and eat as much as they want? It's just their bodies are just built that way. Well, and if I'm not it, mistaken, her yeah. trainer, the other trainer on the show, Bob, I mean, he had a heart attack at some point. And I mean, he was one of the trainers on the show. So we don't yeah. know what conditions led to that. And it's none of our business what it was, but he wasn't overweight. You know, mm-hmm. the statement that really called her out was this like BuzzFeed interview where she talked about like, why aren't we celebrating her music? You know, it's not going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. She keeps conflating weight with health she keeps assuming that just because you're overweight she assumes immediately diabetes and that is not the reality you're not her doctor she's never asked you she's never shown you her medical information and for you to make those assumptions is what is making this bias so hard because everyone assumes that overweight people are killing the healthcare system because they're just all unhealthy and it's just not true. Also, has she ever been to a Lizzo concert? Clearly not. I have and it is an incredible mind-blowing experience. It's amazing, yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know how long it was the, the, the one that you went to, but like, mine was like maybe like an hour and a half and they were just going at it on stage the whole time and I'm like, there is no way I can do that. Impossible. Right? It's like flute playing, dancing. It's all of these things that require so much cardio. I mean, exactly. I don't even think I've ever had that good of cardio in my life, even at my healthiest. Exactly. Yeah. So for me to be like, to look at Lizzo and be like, yeah, I am healthier. No, I am not. 
<laughs> I literally just said at the beginning of this, I don't want to work out for more than 20 minutes. I hate it. <laughs> it's really, I think to me more as like, are we going back to the idea of like, does shame work? You know? Yeah. And is shame effective in making people change and in like getting people to do the things that you want them to do? And I exactly. think Biggest Loser it, to, to an extent really was that. It's like, we're not only going to use shame, we're going to use um, like this TV platform and weigh-ins and like all these different things that ultimately are like treating these people as if like the statistic overall applies to everyone unilaterally when yeah. it just doesn't. Also, I can't imagine also being obsessed with what other people choose to do with their bodies. It's just like, why do you care? I'm just like, take care of you and just look the way you want to look. And that's that. Like, why Why does it bother you what someone's eat or work out or like whatever? I'm just, it just seems like too much work for someone to do. Yeah. And if you are trying, like, if you are this health expert, like you say, I expect you to be reading up and constantly like at the forefront of health of all topics related to health. And, you know, I don't really know what's in her fitness app, but I would venture to say that it probably still is linked to BMI, which I, you know, I have a huge problem with BMI. It was created by a Belgian mathematician Mm -hmm. named Adolphe Quetlet. In 1832, okay? 1832. Yeah. And this scale was created using data from predominantly European men to measure weight in different populations. European men is how I'm now being measured against in 2021. Yeah, because they were like, that is the norm. And everyone should be like that. And... It's, it's 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 just like a hundred of years after that like the medical society was just like no that makes sense to us yeah let's just keep using it just just keep keep going even if it doesn't make sense and because because yeah. I, I think the reason it's being used until now it's a way for like insurance companies to make more money out of you because you be like well your bmi is high so i mean you're mm-hmm. i don't know like your insurance, yeah, your insurance rates will be yeah. higher, all of these exactly. things. For yeah. sure. Yeah, and you don't care that it doesn't make sense. You know what it kind of reminds me of is the same idea of like focusing on fat is very easy. It's like easy to focus on a symptom of something and not yeah. like a bigger, more complicated answer, which is something that we see again and again, not just with people that were, you know, quote, canceling or people that were judging. It is judgment. Like judgment is easy when you're focusing on a very simple answer. But when you're also thinking about the fact that like fat people get substandard health care, that there's a level of almost like disgust that isn't necessarily applied to like other isms or phobias. And I think that it plays a role in how Jillian reacts to like you know, you know, somebody like Lizzo, where it's just like, I was reading up on this before the podcast. And it's like, I found one study where one in five physicians like admit to feeling disgust when treating obese patients. And those are like, basically the ones that were just willing to admit it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, if you feel disgust for your patient, like, how are you going to treat that patient properly? If you feel disgust for the person that you're helping in any sort of like arena, or if you feel superior to them, I don't think you're a good like a good person to help that person actually get healthy and happy, you know? Yeah, I had a doctor in uh, New York and literally every time I would go to see him, like my numbers would be normal, like nothing was off, but he would constantly Mm -hmm. be like, do you want me to refer you to a bariatric doctor for surgery? And I'd be like, 
No. Finally, one day I said yes, because I was like, you're not like letting this go. And I like, yeah. went there, considered it. And then I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to be under the knife for this. Like, my numbers are fine. Yeah. I, I don't really know where like all of this fully comes from like i definitely understand that there is a link between obesity and certain health conditions but it is not again a sweeping reality and so it's like why can't you see the person that's in front of you and then make decisions based on what you're actually looking at yeah i mean obviously it's you know it's years and years and years of just like media and hollywood and all of that just being like you know, like I, I can't remember the name of the movie. Is it Shallow Hal? Sh- exactly. Yes. <laughs> Shallow Hal. I was yeah. like, I, I feel like Insane. it's Shallow Hal, but idea, I know what this like, movie is. Because the idea of the whole movie was just like, can you believe it? This person <laughs> is dating a fat person, and it's because he doesn't know it, and then he falls in love with that person, regardless, like, like of how they look. And like back then, everyone was just like, yeah, that's. That's a fantastic idea for a movie. That seems very yeah. normal. Why <laughs> I not? I mean, there was a Netflix show I just watched not too long ago. I mean, it was like just this past year about this girl who was like overweight and like she only got happy like once she got skinny. And I was like, wow, we're, we're still doing this. <laughs> 20, oh, yeah. 2020. Guys, <laughs> I want to tell you, I growing up in Venezuela, my favorite telenovela growing up was called Mi Gorda Bella. And that means my beautiful fat girl. And you guys, like to the T, the storyline is she's fat. And so she's like bullied and nobody cares about her. And like the main guy is like really sweet to her because they're friends, but he's got a girlfriend or whatever. And then she like goes away and we find out that she's rich and she has like these surgeries and gets hot and then uh, comes back. Nobody recognizes her. And then that guy falls in love with her. And at that point in my life, I was like, man, this is a beautiful love story. And then only until until you get ordered you realize you're like oh my god i'm being fed insanity like this is why i'm being fed insanity <laughs> just it's so ubiquitous in pop culture that like part of like how we all have this agreement you know and again it's like shaming people for being fat makes people fatter hello how have we not learned this can i also just say like i had to um you know i have to get a, a driver's license in california now and they're still asking for weight. And I hadn't been, I mean, New York, I've never had to put my weight in. That was the first time. And I was still like, I still lied, y'all. I still lied. Oh, yeah. I came up with a random number. I was like, y'all don't deserve me. (laughs) Yeah, you don't don't get this part of me. Who are you, California? Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts.
Can't get enough of your favorite Lemonada Media podcasts? By subscribing to Lemonada Premium today, you'll gain access to fun and inspiring bonus content from all of our podcasts across the Lemonada Media network. As a subscriber, you can listen to never-before-heard interview excerpts, behind-the-scenes segments, and continue to uncover new ways to make life suck less through all of our exclusive subscriber audio. Check out a free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on our podcast logo and then the subscribe button. So, okay. So after this backlash, after uh, Jillian gets all of this backlash uh, for these Lizzo comments, she does come out with, um, which I think, Mohan, it is your favorite, maybe your favorite version of Apology in the Notes app posted to Twitter and IG. Um, And I won't say it's an apology, but what she says is, as I've stated repeatedly, we are all beautiful, worthy, and equally deserving. I also feel strongly that we love ourselves enough to acknowledge there are serious health consequences that come with obesity, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, to name only a few. I would never wish these for anyone, and I would hope we would prioritize our health because we love ourselves and our bodies. Yeah, what a what a statement to start it with. Everyone should be loved. We love everyone. Amazing. Except, <laughs> except, I have an exception I, I need to make here. I know I said everyone, but let me double down because this is not an apology. I know it's in the notes app, <laughs> but I like a twist. I love your Jillian Michaels voice. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, she's like an aristocracy, like an American aristocrat, basically. That's what she sounds to me. Um, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, she's like, don't let them eat cake. That's yeah. her- <laughs> You know, it feels to me like in that people continue to like they fail to address how complicated it is. Like they continue to to really miss the mark. And like I take like really special offense to this because, you know, when I was in New York, I had this trainer, Marit, who is like the most amazing trainer. And she actually trains a lot of like the plus size celebrities And I've never met anyone, I mean, not even just a plus size person, anyone with the like the exercise attitude she has. Like she is up every day. Like I would meet her at like 5 a.m. So I know she was up before that. And every day, weightlifting, working out. And, you know, I would follow her journey on IG, you know, once I left. And it was she is so healthy, but she's dealing with PCOS, which she talks about on her IG, which is why I feel comfortable saying it. I wouldn't obviously relay her, you know, but she talks about this and how it was she hasn't been able to take off the weight no matter what she does, even though she is one of the most active people I know. And so when I hear people like Jillian, again, you know, putting weight and health in the same category, it pisses me off because I was like, I actually think Marie could kick your ass, Jillian. Like she is one of the strongest women I know. And my other problem with Jillian is that she keeps saying we're celebrating obesity. Every statement she makes is about like, we shouldn't be celebrating obesity. And I want to say to Jillian, when I post a picture of myself online that I feel great about, whether it's I'm in a bathing suit or I'm in a gown or whatever I'm in, I'm not celebrating obesity. I'm doing exactly what you wrote in your little notes, non-apology. And I am happy that I am a beautiful person and I am sharing that, simply that. 
But immediately, once you put your body out there, it just becomes, oh, why are you celebrating obesity? I'm not. You're pointing out the obesity. I happen to have a lime green bathing suit that looks fire and I want to show it <laughs> off. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's like conflating the two things together. Yeah. And like, it is not celebrating obesity. It's like, we have to be able to love ourselves the way that we are. It doesn't mean that we don't want to improve or change or that you don't know where people are in that process. You have no idea. And it is true that it is very, very annoying and offensive when somebody looks at you enjoying yourself, having a good time, loving yourself and assuming that because you were even able to love yourself being fat that it's yeah. not acceptable yeah because clearly like like i mean like i said before it's just it's it has to do with them not loving themselves i feel like a lot of it you know stems out of jealousy because like how dare you love yourself when i'm over here just hate everything about me so you should hate yourself because so, that would make me feel better yeah, again, I think it's that thing of like, they feel like if you feel bad, or if you don't celebrate yourself, or if you, you know, don't celebrate obesity, then that is the way that you're going to change and move into being thin. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's sort of a cyclical problem, where I mean, you know, what would actually help fat people, I think, is if you make it very easy for them to work out and to exercise and to be outside and to be active, because the reality is, is a BMI for people who are active, it doesn't actually show you that you're going to be healthy or not. It's actually pretty comparable for people who have different BMIs, but the same level of activity in terms of health. So for me, it's like, make it very easy and happy for people to go to the gym instead of God forbid going to the gym and getting made fun of getting gawked at getting like bullied because you're there doing something which is what I feel happens really often too you know yeah I mean when I you know when I really wanted to do this as like a call out on IG you know I really wanted to almost put a call to action to Jillian and ask her you know, instead of just making these statements about how obesity is, you know, death, it's all of these terrible health issues. Like, what are you doing with your platform to actually improve the situation? You know, like, we know we've we've talked about like food deserts in like urban areas where, mm -hmm. you know, there's not access to healthy food in a lot of like low income neighborhoods, you know, mm -hmm. in a lot of like, urban school settings, like a lot of the fitness, especially for black girls, black women, it stops at around like 10, between 10 and 13, because maybe they don't have outside areas to like have sports and that sort of thing. And so a lot of these systemic issues that are creating this, I won't say problem, but it is creating this epidemic, right? That she's talking about. Yeah. What are you doing to end that problem rather than just saying like, hey, you guys, like, just fix it. You know, you don't have to be like that. Yeah. She's making money. She's fixing her situation financially by just going around and just putting that app to everyone. And like you said, I mean, it's just it is expensive to eat healthy or like whatever, how uh, everyone advised you to eat. I'm just like. It's it's way cheaper to just get whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with eating and just call it a day versus, you know, once you go on a diet, even your bank account goes on a diet as well. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm definitely losing money. That's, that's yeah. one thing I'm losing. <laughs> Lizzo never addressed Jillian directly, which I really do appreciate. She was kind of like, yeah. I'm not even going to give this chick clout. 
she addressed it in sort of this other way of, you know, posting on her TikTok, showing Mm -hmm. all of the stuff she does in a week. You know, she's vegan. She's talked about being vegan for a while. um, And she always, you know, shows her working out and all of these things. And while we all love it and we're like, yes, show her, show her. It's also like, again, why do we always have to explain ourselves Mm -hmm. for like why we are the way we are or why we're healthy or how we're healthy and showing it? I also really... And even though I know people do it from a really good place, the one comment, and Lizzo even said it too, the comment of like, you're so brave. Like if, I, if, I, if I'm wearing like a cutoff shirt or a bathing suit and I'm posting it online, it's like, you are so brave. <laughs> and I wish I was as brave as you. And like, that's why I loved, you know, Lizzo's comment of like, I, this isn't, you know, the body positivity, how it started. Like I understand, I appreciate it. What I'm trying to get to is body normative. I just want, to this to just be a normal thing and not it constantly being picked apart. Like I am standing up for all big black women and I feel sort of the same way, (laughs) but in a way you, you have to become that because when people like Jillian say the things you do, if you have a voice, well, fuck it. You're going to, you're going to say something, right? Cause you, you can't not say something. Um, And so anyways, that's like, that's one of the most frustrating parts. It's also so tied into like, you know, feminism and sexism in the same like goat is always like fat women, the ones that get called out versus like fat men or like nobody's talking to John Goodman being like, motherfucker, why you look so fat in that great Lebowski movie? Like they're all like, yo, that's a perfect fit for that movie. Like we're mm-hmm. not calling out men. Well, we he, are calling out women. I like totally I like coined this term a while back and I even wrote a blog about it about like I've always been in what I call interracial relationships because I've always (laughs) dated guys who were thinner than me. It's just like what's happened. And, you know, it is interesting because like also like if we go out together, I don't know how often people like a woman will be like wanting to hit on my boyfriend in front of me because she assumes I'm the roommate because I couldn't possibly have a thin boyfriend how could i yeah that's just there is something about um specifically women being fat that i think is ultimately like the most offensive (laughs) to people i think the size thing of like women are supposed to be like these frail weak things that like big tall men are gonna take care of and when you're fat you're like i could sit on you and kill you honey like that (laughs) paradigm does no longer exist um and so we're really breaking boundaries here but yeah, let's go sit on some people, Kiki. Like terrorize a small city. <laughs> Just like ah! I'm, I'm down. I'm totally down. <laughs> For our very favorite segment, sorry, not sorry. This week, I would like to apologize to my girlfriend and my partner for honestly not. Uh, being good at doing dishes and it is a permanent problem in our relationship and I want to announce in front of the whole world um, that I should be better at it um, and it's actually pretty earnest so wow. do you not have a dishwasher oh I do but incapable of loading it and <laughs> okay you, taking it out I was gonna take your side at first but now that you have a dishwasher I think you know I hope you accept your apology I think you should make it more sincere yeah, all yeah. you got to do is rinse and load. I know, but it's like, I just don't like it. And so I forget it. Have you guys heard of that? Pretend, pretending to forget stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, I do it all the yeah. time. <laughs> but I, I am good at cleaning the rest of the house. It's just I don't like doing dishes or like laundry or taking out the trash. Um, okay. 
So when, when you say cleaning the rest of the house, uh, <laughs> do you, what do you do? What's happening here? Oh, my here? God. You know what? I'm just following the lead of men everywhere who are like, I'm sorry, this is just not my kind of work. You know what I mean? I just don't do um, women's work. That's uh, You know what I mean? Like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah. Well, this week I am uh, demanding an apology from uh, my building, the one I live in. Because uh, this week I got stuck in the elevator. It literally stopped like one floor in and it just like shook like really hard and then stopped. And, you know, I didn't go to elevator school, but I was like pretty sure that's a bad sign. <laughs> I mean, fun thing I got to do is like use that call button in the elevator for the first time, which was very nice because I always wondered what it did. Like who answers on the other side? Oh, yeah. Who does? Uh, no idea, honestly. It was just someone who was just like, uh, I, I pressed on it and I was like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm stuck in the elevator. And, and then the person on the other side was like, do you need help? Yeah, man, that's why I clicked the please help me thing. <laughs> of course I need help. What do you think? Like, are you, am I going to jump up and down until it starts moving? And then they were like, how long have you been there? What if I just replied and said, two days? <laughs> I was like, literally two minutes, of course. Yeah, like, how, how long do you think I was going to wait until I call for help? And then they took their time and they, they sent an email to everyone. Who just like, hey, the elevator doesn't work. And it's like, yeah, cool. Well, I wish I had a time machine to... Uh, you, ha- you got the email while you were in the elevator? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Let me send this email first and then let me help this guy get out of this elevator. That's wild. Well, this week, I want to actually apologize. I know that I said I would never probably apologize. I would always be asking for apologies. But I am going to apologize to anybody who's probably uh, texted or DM'd or emailed me in the last like few months. Um, like, I currently have over 300,000 unread emails and 250 unread text messages. And I don't even want to get into my DMs. And I just want to apologize. I'm not ignoring you. I just can't keep up. So I just want a general blanket so everyone doesn't hate me because I just I can't I can't keep up. I don't know what's happened. It's out of control. What a brag. Uh, Kiki was just like... Kiki was just like, everyone just hits me up. And me and Oha are just like, yeah, same problem. Literally, my first thought is like, I got to stop sending just smiley faces to Kiki at things she posts. I'm like clogging up her fucking inbox like crazy, just reacting to shit she puts out. You know what? Normalize not getting back to people in time. Let's let's just make that the new normal. If somebody takes a week or two to get back to you, hey, it used to be that you had to write a letter that would then go on a boat for three years and then you would find out that your boyfriend died in the war. You know what I mean? Like that's how long it took for information to go over. So I believe that you don't need to respond. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really want all of you to follow us. Follow us on IG at I'm sorry underscore podcast and, you know, give us more feedback. We've gotten really good feedback so far, but we want more. So follow us on IG. I'm sorry at underscore podcast.
Yes, and definitely go to wherever you listen to your podcast and rate and review it. Um, It is not enough to just listen. It is so helpful with the algorithm when you actually go in and tell us what you think, again, wherever you listen to us. And also make sure that you share it with everyone that you know. Just force them to listen to it. I don't care. Uh, Also, subscribe. You have to. It's not enough to listen. Okay, subscribe and listen to us every week. And if you have any topic in mind about who should apologize... Please let us know. See you next week. I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Elise Myers. I'm a content creator and comedian. You might know me from TikTok. Why am I in your ears right now? Well, that's a great question. I would love to tell you. I have a new podcast called Funny Because It's True. On my show, I'll be interviewing comedians, pop culture icons, and also just people I find really funny. We'll be talking about the awkward moments that keep you awake at night. Because if you don't laugh, you cry, right? (laughs) Okay, Funny Because It's True. Out now wherever you get your podcasts. Last Day is a show about the moments that change us. I just don't think I will ever get used to this. I'm Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and I have had one of these moments. We all have. So let's unpack the chaos that is our human existence together. I don't believe things happen for a reason. I don't believe the universe has a plan. Each week, I sit down with a new guest to explore happy, sad stories of transformation. It's leaning far, far into the pain. That's what it is. Listen to Last Day wherever you get your podcasts.